I'm ready. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Ifrit. Yeah, and more so. Yeah, maybe some more so. So, I mean, first and foremost, let's let's preface this uh, by saying, don't forget about our short horror thing that we do every year on Halloween. Um, it should be coming up in like a day or two, so keep an eye out. And all we're doing is posting on Facebook uh, our favorite shorts every half hour throughout the entire day of Halloween. So, you know, if you like short, short horror and you uh, want to participate in that, just follow us on Facebook and you'll see all the stuff that we post. Now, let's move to this uh, science of scare. So there's an article put out by Broadband Choices, which I thought was weird because it's a broadband company in the UK that did this science, or is publishing this article. And they um, basically set uh, a bunch of people, or a set of people, in a room with 5.1 surround sound, a panel of 50 people, 120 hours of the best horror movies, each fitted with a heart rate monitor to measure what movies got their blood pumping the most to find the ultimate horror movie to crown the King of Fright Night. So, before you saw this, what would you have thought in your mind of minds that the ultimate horror movie was based off of heart rate? Measured heart rate. Yeah, like, the heart rate being, like, you basically jump scare, right? That's what we're kind of assuming heart rate is, because when you get spooked, you are jumping and your, like, heart rate goes up. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think, and I like. I can't. I mean, honestly, for me, I'm thinking things like, if we're talking jump scares, I was gonna say like the Grudge, right? Because the Grudge scared me, but it's not jump scary, really, you know. Or maybe it is. So I'm gonna go with the Grudge anyway. I would have gone with the Grudge because a that scared me the most, and b I think it still has some jump scares and some spooky stuff in it. The not the new Grudge, but the original one with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah, okay. Um, but we both be wrong. Um, because according to heart rate, average heart rate across the movie, um, the scariest movie is Sinister, the Ethan Hawke movie from 2012, uh, that was directed by Scott Derrickson. Um, Sin actually Sinister is one of my favorite movies of the modern era because it reminds me of like a new age imagining of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street because it's a whole like think about it and it gets you kind of thing. I'm kind of surprised it's the most jump-scary movie, though, but I also don't remember the jump-scares in it because it's been so long. But Sinister has had an, an average BPM of 86, uh, like, throughout the entire movie, like, standing, right? So, like, not resting, but, like, on average, your heart is beating 86 beats per minute through the movie of Sinister. And the highest spike is 131, meaning jumping from wherever you're at to 131. So, that's kind of interesting. You wouldn't have guessed it. But he is a tough guy, just to be clear.
<laughs> yeah, that would definitely change your imp imp input of that movie. <laughs> And also, were you in a theater of 50 people watching it? Were you in a theater of 50 people watching it with 5.1 surround sound? Sid, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think the experience there, too, is a big player in here. So they could do another study of, like, watching an individual movie by itself and seeing where your heart rate's at, you know, like, just in a room by yourself and not having surround sound, just watching it on, like, a Apple TV or some kind of, like, common TV, seeing what that changes to. And we'll, we'll talk about them in a Yeah, talk about them right now. Go ahead. Do the top ten. Number six confuses me. It's the British spelling. I'm surprised that the, yeah, I'm surprised, well, for BPM, we're talking, so, average, so, that doesn't talk about, so, the difference, the, the difference, the percent difference here is, is important, too, because it's saying, like, you know, how, how much you're changing throughout the movie, um, a lot of them are between, like, you know, let's say, the lowest on this list of 20 is 8, and the highest is 20, so, and, and sorry, the highest is 32, so, during Insidious, your heart rate is changing on like percentage wise by 32 beats per minute like throughout the entirety of the film like so you're like the percent difference there i'm not going to go into the math of it but basically that means that there's like a higher disparity of your your resting heart or your heart rate when resting versus like you know the the average movie like or so the resting heart rate set at 65 but the move the average movie bpm and like how much is changing so insidious had 20 Sinister at 32, meaning it changes more often. So you can kind of look at it and see movies that might have a higher difference are movies that had, like, more juxtaposition of, like, subtle moments to jump scare, right? But look at this, though. Okay, I think you're going to say this. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, it goes exactly to what we said about Hereditary. It's a, it's like a very stressful movie to watch the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, and look at the other two that are similar to it too. It follows and the visit, right? Both a hundred or lower, or like both lower than one ten. And the visit, I'm actually surprised to see in the top ten, but I I love that movie. Like that is one of the only things that makes M Night Shyamalan like redeem redeeming in my head at this point. Is the visit was so good, and I don't know if he directed it or if he's just involved in it, but did he? Okay, but. The other one is It Follows, which I would agree isn't super jump scary, but has a lot of tension built in it. Um, and it's but its BPM for its highest spike is only ninety three, which is way lower than anything else in the top ten. Now, speaking of that, out of the top five that you mentioned, Sinister, Insidious, Conjuring, Hereditary, and Paranormal Activity, which one of those would you have thought had the highest spike? Yeah. I was going to say Paranormal Activity, because I feel like there's some stuff that happens in that movie that's just, like, so sudden. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Darth Maul, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, iconic. Yeah, that's fair. But is that the one that's, that beats up? I wonder if that's the one that... I wonder if that's the scene that got everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's pretty natural. Yeah. So surprisingly, though, one of the ones that has one of the biggest jump scares isn't even on the list for highest heart rate. And I think it makes sense once we'll tell you what it is. But the nurse scene from Exorcist 3 has 130 BPM as its spike rate, but it's nowhere on the list of having an average heart rate high enough to rank in the top 35 even. Wow. 
Well, there you go. If you if you've seen it, unlike me, you would know why. So, anything you want to talk about in the top ten? So, because we can talk about the rest of them real quick. So, 11 through 20 is The Ring, Quiet Place, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 28 Days Later, The Exorcist, Hush, IT, or IT It, and Scream. Honestly surprised about Hush being in the top 20. Um, I apparently need to watch that movie again, because I don't remember it being super, super spoopy. But I'm happy that Scream's in the top 20, that makes me kind of happy. Even though I doesn't probably deserve it, but I'm glad it is. Yeah, and then it goes three in a row, right? Like, those three in a row are all pretty old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, how how nowadays jump scares are just way more intense than they used to be. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, I don't remember what the big jump scare in A Quiet Place is. Everything's quiet in that movie. But at once, it's, it, oh, by the way, A Quiet Place has the highest, like, max BPM of all of the 11 to 20 stuff. It's got 122, and the next largest one is 107. Yeah, it's, like, insane. So there was something that happened in that movie I must have just blacked out for. But you're right. I'm very happy that Mike Flanagan's movie made it on here. Even if I don't know why Hush got a high spike, I kind of want to watch it again to see. Oh, this is the Tim Curry one. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, probably not. It's talking about movies, not miniseries. So. Yeah. Yeah, for... Yeah, well, that's the eight eight difference, right? And like, look at the difference between the like the 
spike in the rest in the like the movie BPM. It's only like what eight, and this spike, you know, between the it is seventy five to eighty nine. So like, I don't know. It's the lowest one on there. It's a low roll, but so best of the rest. I guess the ones that stand out here are I like the alien and the thing are on here. Um, a lot of these dark skies. I guess gets it because there's like that one big scare in dark skies. Right, and then The Shining, I'm actually surprised, is in the top 35. And Audition, I'm not even sure that movie had a jump scare, it was just gory, wasn't it? Yeah, okay. Okay. And I'm assuming that all the movies we're talking about here, if we look at the ranges, we're going from 85 to 79, so that's a change of 6 in the top 20, the top 10. And then we go from another change of 6 from 79 to 73. So if we make an assumption about 21 to 30, right, that's going to go down by another 6, which is basically almost your resting heart rate. So I'm assuming that the best of the rest, 35 audition is probably like, only a little bit higher than your resting heart rate is your average. And then maybe the spike's really high or something. I don't know. But these are movies... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not really. Oh, you know what? I saw actually what I was thinking of when I was thinking of Dark Skies was the fourth kind. So I don't even know if I know what Dark Skies is. Oh, you don't gotta explain it. That's fine. It's obviously not important enough to bring it when it was in the first place. Oh, okay. I, I'm also surprised the Blair Witch Project is so low, because there's some pretty hefty jump scares in Blair Witch Project. Um, maybe it's just too slow, the rest of it. Yeah, maybe. Alright, well there you go, everybody. We're going to link that article in the post, too. And uh, we have about five or six minutes left, so let's try to get some of these trailers that we saw um, this week or recently. Yeah, seriously. So, we've talked about one before, but uh, Arch Enemy got like a better trailer, or a longer trailer. Arch Enemy is the movie with... Uh, a dude I can't remember the name of right now. Oh man, it's gonna bug me. Agent Mortimer? That's not his name. That's not the main guy's name. Joe Manganello is who I'm thinking of. Oh, and Elijah Wood is in this? What? That's crazy. Oh, that's he's a producer. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, Arch Enemy is gonna be cool. It's about a dude from another pla planet? Another world? That gets teleported here. Dimension. And he's like a superhero in the other dimension, but he's not here because, like, there's no red sun or some nonsense like that. It's, it seems pretty funny or interesting. But uh, he basically goes on this kind of, like, cleansing spree uh, when some stuff happens. And uh, I think it's going to be awesome. It's kind of like a reverse Superman. So it's, like, exactly what you'd want if you hated Brightburn.
Okay, cool. Well, awesome. Now that I'm excited for that, too. So, All right, the next one we got, I put this on here because I think it looks interesting. Uh, it's called The Banishing. It's, it's a period piece that's set in a period that is time that I don't understand because time is hard. But it's not now. And it's uh, uh, it's about a, like an au pair, uh, au pair who is... Uh... <laughs> it's like Spell, like we're going to talk about later. Um, but it's about this like au pair who is basically in this house and crazy things start happening and it looks like there's like a cult involved. And anytime there's a cult involved, I'm like going to watch it probably. It just seems like a cool cult movie. Cult movies always have the chance to do something crazy at the end. And they're the one thing that I'm always willing to gamble on with a horror movie. It's like, if you show me a cult in the movie, I'm like, cult or a witch? Those are the two ones that can go kind of crazy at the end. And I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. Right? Oh my god. That movie's so good. <laughs> Alright, the next one that I have on here is called Triggered. Uh, it's a movie about a bunch of people who are out camping and they get knocked out or some such. And they wake up with bombs strapped to their chest, and they have a certain amount of time to live uh, but before the bombs explode. But, turns out, you get more time if you kill someone else who has time left. So, you know, there's the plot. Um, and it sounds freaking funny and awesome, and exactly what you would need it to be, without it being too serious. I'm just hoping it doesn't go too, like, Fantasy Island route. I'm scared now any modern movie that's not super dark is going to go that way. Not super dark. Um, you know, like, we, I don't think me and you ever had a conversation about how much I disliked Fantasy Island. Um, uh, it, every, a lot of it leading up is really good, and then, like, the last 30 minutes are just absolutely garbage. Like, they just, yeah, we could have a, we could talk about that later, but, um, I'm hoping Trigger doesn't do that, where the last 30 minutes are just garbage, but I don't think it will, so I think we're safe. It's Battle Royale, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which I assume will be defined in the movie, so I'm hoping that's not like a big oversight. <laughs> <laughs> to think about what they've done. Well, good, probably a good thing I'm dying then. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, and then the last movie that we're going to talk about that we saw a trailer for is called Spell. Uh, this movie is coming out next, or maybe in a day or two from when this podcast comes out, October 30th, uh, on, like, streaming demand services. But it's nuts. It's like a voodoo movie. Voodoo, it's like voodoo meets misery meets what we wanted out of Antebellum. Maybe. Yeah, 
Voodoo meets Misery meets, like, some of the themes that are cool about Antebellum. Out of time, yeah. Sh shitload of voodoo. Yeah. Yeah, it looks great. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. Alright. You... Yeah, but like, I mean, that's the thing, though, is that genre mashups can have uniqueness, I think. Like, saying a thing is like three different other things doesn't mean it's like in those each individual thing it means is it's its own version of those things, I think. But like, if you're selling me like Alone, right? If you said Alone is like a mashup of movies, I wouldn't believe you after having watched it. I'd be like, okay, well, no, it's just those movies. It's not really a new one. Um... I do, I do think that it, I think it's appropriate that we do this. Um, I'm going to go a little bit longer just to talk about Mortuary Collection. So, the Mortuary Collection is a new anthology film on Shudder, and apparently anthology films are all the rage nowadays because it's easy to say, like, pull people's shorts into a movie when nobody can film anything, right? And just shoot some kind of interconnected story if, when you can. But, the Mortuary Collection is really, really good. So, Long, long ago, there was a short at Telluride Horror Fest called The Babysitter Murders. And it had a pretty cool twist that I didn't see coming because I'm an idiot. But a lot of people out there probably did. Um, but it's really good. Like, it's really, it's really well done. Um, and so, when you watch the Mortuary Collection, there that short is in that movie. Um, but it's not till the end, um, which is cool. Because uh, you, you get to see a bunch of new stuff before you see something you might already seen. But the Mortuary Collection follows a like mort uh, mortician who runs this kind of crazy like supernatural mortuary in this town called Raven's End, which is a town where supernatural things happen all the time. And the Mortuary Collection follows him as he's like uh, basically meeting this new hire, and he they start or he starts telling her stories about the people that die because that's one of the things he does is collect their stories, and. There's just a, it's just amazing. Like, if you have Shutter, you should go check it out. Like, even if it's late right now, like, just go check it out. Like, it's really good. It's probably one of, it's probably going to make my top ten for this year, honestly. Uh, which is coming up soon, so. Um, yeah, Mortuary Collection is probably the best anthology film I've seen this year. Even out, even over Dark Skies from Telluride. Um, it was good.
Yeah. And uh, it, the setting, like, I thought it was, I was a huge fan of Raven's End as a setting. It's, like, set in a time period that is, like, familiar but unknown. It's kind of like what It Follows tried to do but did not succeed at. And so, because you're not sure if this is, like, you, you can probably guess the time period, but they make it feel like it's out of time in each short. Like, they are familiar but not, and I think that adds to the kind of, like, eeriness of it, right? Because... You're just not sure, like, when all this stuff is happening, or is it timeless, or something like that. And if they don't do another movie that follows the Mortuary Collection or Raven's End, I'm going to be sad. Like, I'm going to frankly be very disappointed, um, because that is a wonderful world, and I feel like you could basically creep show it, you know? Make a show out of it, or make a series or anthology of movies, um, and it could be really fun. They feel familiar, yeah. And maybe that's bad, but it's nice, I think. It's nice. Basically, it's set sometime between 1950 and before there were cell phones. Is what I've gleaned. <laughs> but, alright, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Go check out More True Collection. Uh, check out this uh, article we posted about the signs of scares. Um, get ready for Spell and uh, some of the other movies we talked about. And we'll see you next time.